Hey, Tom. Hey, hey Penny. How are you? Will I will I turn on a light in here? No, you you look great there. But yeah, I look good, do I? Thank you. Can yeah, you hear me? I can hear you perfectly well. I just need to remove. I think your first attempt of logging in under a different name. So I'm trying to. Up, oh, gone. Perfect. It's over. Because did you try to log in with a different device? No, what happened was uh, I had opened my Zoom, the profile thing, and tried to join the meeting there, but then it said the browser didn't support it, so okay. I went back into uh, whatever the other. I'm not very computer literate, you see, so, uh, you know. Who, who would have thought? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still pen and paper. I'm still, I'm still pen and paper. Look, yeah, I still, you know, you know because... I never know if I'm going to have Wi-Fi in, a, in, a, in an arena, you know, so I'm, I'm still pen and paper. Well, that's, that's being super prepared. And actually, there's no better feeling than writing good ideas on pen and, with pen and paper. Still. You know, it's a, lesson, it's a lesson I learned long ago when I first started in the media. They always said, always have your hard copy because you never know when, when technology is going to fuck up. We're not recording, right? Yeah. <laughs> we are? You know what? We are free to speak anything we want. Straight handball talk is the beauty of it. We have to be wide open about anything we want to discuss. But first thing, I just want to say, Tom, thank you so much for taking your time, uh, joining me in Straight Handball Talk. It's it's really an honor to have you in this show. You are you are the first person that I don't personally know, or had had, had some uh, a direct handball experience with. Uh, except the fact that I have uh, uh, bugged you sometimes with my uh, uh, personal tweets, letting you know that New York City did this, New York City did this, and you were always responded with high positivity and encouragement, which the, the, the best thing was that it always made me feel good about reaching out to you. I so, appreciate that. Thank you. But, but even if I don't know you personally, it doesn't really matter because you're the perfect example of what straight handball talk is all about. It's conversations uh, between people who are connected uh, uh, with each other uh, because of the extraordinary bonding power of handball. And in fact, you are that one catalyst that almost every single handball fan in the planet knows. And you are that one person that has elevated how we watch the handball games, because you make us feel that we are in that arena, you make us feel that we are in that game, and you are exact uh, a reason why I love handball so much, because you make people feel that they're part of it. So again, thank you so much for joining me in Straight Handball Talk, uh, and I welcome you to the show. I think, thank you. I've never, I've never had such an introduction. I don't think I've ever given anybody such an introduction. I think I'm blushing here. Maybe I'll turn off that light after all. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know what? No, thank you. No, that's, that's, really, that's really nice of you to say, you know. It's, uh, I have to say, I have to say that for an Irish guy who, um, you know, we don't have a big uh, tradition of handball, it's great to know that it's great to know that personality can get you can 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 get you somewhere and 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 by the way just before i forget because of what you just mm. said there makes make me feel like we're in the arena you know that was always my that was always my wish you know because i felt like a kid being in the arena you know and uh, and my idea was i'm sure there's loads of people like me who don't get to watch handball before EHF TV came around who didn't get to watch handball mm. and I thought you know 
I'm sure they would all love to be here. So, you know, you got to make it, you got to, you got to sing the song, you know, yeah, you got to well, sing the song, you know. It, and you, you changed, honestly, I mean, again, I, I've watched Hamble my whole life and it was, it was a completely different story when, when you enter the scene. And, and again, that's why soccer has so many people because they have fun entertaining uh, uh, commentators all the time and Hamble never had that. So, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's, what you did, it's amazing. But now I'm going to go know, back. I, I had no baggage, you see. I had no baggage. I had nobody to, uh, that's the thing as well. You know, I remember, I remember when I was first asked to do it. I don't want to take away your questions. But I, said, <laughs> I said to a friend of mine, I said, I don't really want to listen to these other guys, you know, because I, I, don't, I don't want to be the same as everybody else. And he said, just be yourself, he said. Because then, if you're yourself from the start, you never need to lie. You know, you never need to reinvent yourself somewhere down the line and then you just you kind of you start to see things the more you watch games you start to see things you start to understand things a little bit better but you don't want to lose that initial kind of oh my god yeah. you know you don't want to lose that yeah. but you do i guess it's like anything you know you see so much of it you kind of go i've seen that before i've seen I've seen that before. But then when I when something happens that I haven't seen, that's when I really yeah. <laughs> the guy who first started comes back out of me like the little kid, you know? Well, it, that's the beauty of being a, a, a thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're very good. I'm gonna put these back on so I can see you there. You <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna go to something that and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know much about your handball career, but this is all I know. That you played handball from nineteen eighty six to two thousand and three. You, you got your coaching licenses in Germany. You were uh, a head coach in one of the clubs there for a little bit. And you also were an assistant coach of the Irish Ireland uh, national team and a national coach development for schools in Ireland. That's all I could find about you, but I couldn't find any videos of you playing handball. So I want to know. Thank God. I, know. <laughs> I'm, I remember, I remember uh, the guy, by the way, the guy, the, I was, yes, I was the assistant uh, coach because we, we, when I, I was made the head coach in 2000 and I don't know, six. Okay. And the first thing you have to admit when you're a, when you're a head coach, because I was a player, I was a, I was a really good player in Ireland, a reasonably good player, but not anywhere close to the level, like the guys I watch play. Yeah, I'd like to think I could do what they do, but <laughs> I really couldn't. It's like you when you were interviewing uh, Vranjas when you said, I've tried to do that little thing yeah, you yeah. did. I've been trying it for 10 years and I still can't do it. I'm like that. In my head, I could do it. I, I, you know, yeah. make the court. I, I was okay. I mean, I was playing against, uh, when I played against, uh, so we played against the kind of the smaller nations in, in, in Europe. And I always held my own against them, you know, yeah. myself personally. But as a team, we were like every range from sort of really bad to reasonably bad. And yeah. I was the reason I was the reasonably bad guy and the other guys, but I held my own, you know, I mean, I scored goals. I could defend, I could last about 40 minutes in a game. Unfortunately, the coach played yeah. me for 60 minutes in every game, but that was the way it was. But I was, I was, I played during the time when there was no, when you had to come back to your own half, you know, before the book. Oh yeah, before the, okay. Yeah, so so that's why I was able to last for 40 minutes. I mean, <laughs> the way handball is played now, probably 10 minutes. But what happened was, the first thing I said to myself was, I don't know enough. So I thought to myself, I've got the charisma maybe to be able to 
pull guys together, which is which is really important to, to create a team. Yeah. And yeah. I teamed up with two guys. One was an Irish guy who was living in uh, Germany, a guy called David Brigazzi, who ended up being a very good friend of mine. And another guy called Karsten Clavine, who was a, a former Bundesliga player. Mm-hmm. And we, I, one of my first ideas was go to Germany for a training camp so these guys can see handball no matter what level. But anyway, we were beaten out of out of town by just about every the you pick the worst handball team in Germany they beat the Irish national team that's how bad we were mm. and so I met this guy Carson Clavine with David and I said to him look do you want to come on board with us and he said yeah that'd be great so he gave me a few pointers and the idea was that I would come back to Ireland and I would train the team up with the pointers he gave and then I would allow him to be the head coach so in in, in fairness he was the guy kind of deciding what to do I'd throw in a few little bits of my own but pretty much stick to what he was giving me to do so I would coach the team in Ireland he would take over and he's now uh I think he's he's maybe he's the the top guy in the German handball federation now for youth handball in Germany oh wow yeah he's got a really big job I'm godfather to his son by the way so and I was just talking to him the other day but I I you know, I, I can never quite figure out how these huge countries do things because they've just got so many yeah. possibilities yeah, yeah, yeah. that to me it's it's difficult to understand. So as part of that, when I when I was doing that coaching role in Ireland, I decided we had to hit the schools and we had to really push. Uh, so I was pushing what you would call high school in America, secondary school we call it yeah. here. And I was and I think I ended up I think I ended up at about 17 or 18 schools playing in competition mm-hmm. here. And I only did it for about six years, but it wore me down. I worked it out at one yeah. stage. I was I was do, putting in 26 hours a week, handball only, 26 hours a week. And this is volunteer and, basis. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got a, you got some euros, some dollars, yeah. Yeah. you know, for 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 petrol. But it was, but but really, it was because I I absolutely loved it. And so this was 2006. But the funny thing was that that guy Carson Clavine was working for a company that was working for the AHF for statistics and so on. Mm. So that's how I got, that's not how I got the job, yeah. but that's how the, that's how the connection was made yeah. because they said to him, you're in Ireland. Do you know anybody who speaks English, knows TV and knows handball? And he goes, actually I do. That's, that's weird. It, so it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah, well, that's, that's to me, uh, the reason, one of the reasons during this lockdown where I started this, this straight handball talk, because this the bonding power of handball these little connections that we have especially for us in in us and also in ireland it's it's the uh, you know what we get out of this is the relationship that we create and and these relationships in handball for some reason in my experiences have been lasting forever none of them have broken none of them have gotten worse each one of them got better none of us are professionals none of us are making any uh, living out of this but the fact that we have this connection is just incredible and i have not i played other sports i've been a part of other sports clubs nobody has what handball has so to me that's that's a beauty of handball in, in general but Going back to one more thing, because I'm asking every single person, because I'm really curious and I want everyone to know, it's like, how did you actually start playing handball and how old were you? Okay. Well, I, there's two parts to the story and it's been heard before by, by at least three people, I'm sure. (laughs) But what happened, I was like every other kid uh, in Ireland growing up. I was very lucky though, because on my road, there was about seven or eight boys all the same age. Yeah. And so 
when Wimbledon was on, we played tennis outside. When the rugby, Five Nations as it was then, we would mess around playing rugby. It wasn't really rugby, but, you know, okay. and we played football every day. That was pretty much it. And I remember one day, we might have only been about 11 or 12. And I, I can, because I moved, I, I bought my old home back again, you know, like about 11 years ago. So I'm pointing just down the road there. It's a little green area. And I'm pointing <laughs> to it now. So uh, just on that little green area down there, we were out there one day, you know, and we were all standing around and it was like, what will we do? What will we do today? And I said, I'm sick of playing football. I was only about 11 or 12. I said, I'm sick of playing football. I have an idea. Why don't we pick up the ball? We pass it to each other with our hands. <laughs> And we throw it into the goal and we score a goal that way. And they all said, that's a stupid idea, right? I swear to God. Uh, so I invented handball. <laughs> I mean, now, before, before, in Ireland, yeah. before anybody thinks that I had seen it somewhere, which could have happened. I mean, maybe I saw it on, maybe I saw it on the Olympic Consciously you remember. Yeah, yeah, right, I remembered it. But we had like, like, I'm, I'm quite old, you know. So um, we had like one channel growing up on our TV, you know, there was no channel. So I, I cannot believe I ever saw handball. But anyway, <laughs> I was studying to be a teacher. This is to cut a long story short. And uh, as part of being a teacher, I was doing a PE diploma. And uh, this guy came in to introduce, all the, we used to have to go in every sort of like third or fourth weekend to study a course. We did yeah. basketball, we did volleyball and so on and so forth. And this guy came in to do Olympic handball as we probably call it, or team handball, as you yeah. call it, to differentiate it from handball, which is hitting the ball off the exactly. wall, right? And so which we have in Ireland. Yeah, but you, you guys messed it up all. You brought it in in, in United States and now took, right. they took the right. name. That's right. That's right. And uh, I'm sorry, I used to play that, by the way, in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway. so this guy came in and uh, he's, he was a Scottish guy. Can you believe that? It was a Scottish guy. <laughs> Who, by the way, I also ended up being godfather to one of his children. Oh, wow. I, I think I'm just godfather material, you know. <laughs> oh, welcome to my daughter's wedding, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, the worst Marlowe Brando impression you're ever going to hear. But anyway, this guy, uh, he did it completely differently to everybody else. Because all the other guys were bringing in and read you the rule book for like three hours, you know. And this guy says, okay, everybody over to the lecture theater. And he had this old eight millimeter reel thing, you know, of a Bundesliga game with all yeah. these guys with mustaches <laughs> down here, long hair. And yeah. And he showed this game and everybody else was yapping. And I was sitting there going, that's my game. That's, that's, that's the game. I yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I can still visualize that moment actually. And I had played Gaelic football, hurling, soccer, yeah. I pretty much played all the sports that you can play in Ireland. You know, I'd been in, I'd been, I'd done athletics, uh, middle distance and long distance running. I'd done them all, and never really enjoyed. I did them because sometimes you want to be on your own doing your running during the summer, maybe, yeah, yeah. and during the winter you played your team sports and you want to be involved. But I was never really crazy about it. Saw this game and just said, "That's my game." And I remember finishing the course and. I was devastated it was over because I thought I, I need to, and, and I asked him where can I find uh, a club to play this game and he said oh there's one where are you from and I said I'm from Temple Oak and he said oh there's one just up the road in Tala and I joined it and um, and then any time there was any training session anywhere in the universities or ever I would call a guy and say can I come to your training session and, and that was it and so the love affair began and it never ended 
Yeah. That's a, a bit like you, Vinny. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. No. Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> that, I mean, politics gets in the way. You know, I, I was listening to your uh, your interview with Nubo. You know, and yeah. uh, you you went straight you went straight to the best friend thing, didn't you? You, you, you just have to get it. <laughs> and he was he was so diplomatic. I thought it was great the way he answered it. And um, and you know, it is difficult. You know, because no matter what you try to do and no matter what you try to do, there will always be people who will try and knock what you do. There will always be people who support what you do. And, and to try and find that balance where you don't, you're not the guy telling everybody what to do. And, and so I was a little bit like that A1 personality, you know, that said, look, I know what I want to do. I know how we have to do it. And I probably didn't make an awful lot of friends along the way. <laughs> I made a lot of friends along the way, but I also yeah. pissed off a lot of people along the way too. And, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. no, and, and I, I totally agree with that though. You know, when, when, especially when you are so passionate, energetic, devoting the time, and you know you're going to be there here for the good of the game and for the good of, of most, you know you're going to have those small groups of people who are going to try to interfere. But as long as, like you said from the beginning, you are who you are, stay authentic to yourself and be real. You know what? Those who get pissed off, perfectly fine. I mean, I, I realize that especially in Hamburg. Yeah. Okay. yeah, you know what happens, Obini? I mean, you live, in a, you live in a continent the size of like, I don't know how many, how many islands there are. You know, we live in a village. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the truth. And so it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very small, but passionate sport here in Ireland. You know, it's very small, but very passionate. So when you do piss off people, you know, and you walk into a, you walk into a, 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 a hall or a, not an arena, let's call it a, a sports hall. And, and you realize that there's like, you're, you're getting the daggers, it's, you know, at, at some stage. So I walked away from that, that part of it. And, and to be honest, when you start a family, it's difficult to, find that time to uh unless of course your kids suddenly get into it yeah and then yeah. you find yourself maybe so but my kids are still young you know so um my eldest daughter is 10 but she's more interested in singing and being a superstar than sports so but yeah, the boys so i can see the boys huh how old are the boys uh the twins are three huh? so they but they like they enjoy throwing the ball around kicking the ball around and then fia my baby is uh seven months old you have four kids yeah, it's a small family, I know, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Well, small, yeah. small, small family for Irish standards or what? Yeah, absolutely. I'm from, I'm from, a, I'm from a family of 10. There's 10 <laughs> of us. And my mother's from a family of 13. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is a small, oh, yeah, it's a small family, you know. She kind of looks at me and goes, wait, what are you for? What's the problem? Jesus, <laughs> mom, I say, I have no time. Yeah. I got to remember the names. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I just just while we're talking about them, you know, um, we I I'm actually sometimes trying to remember my English, even even sitting here. Sometimes when I go away, because I speak Irish all the time to 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 my kids, you know. What do you so mean? it's only when I, yeah, and and with the last three months of lockdown, I haven't spoken to anybody. I'm, I, so sometimes if I if I forget a word in English, you'll realize. <laughs> Well, that 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 it's a, that it's an issue because I spend all day, because because my wife has just gone back to school. Even though there's no school on, she's she, the teachers are going back to school. Okay, preparing sort of for next year, you know. And so she's the deputy principal in our school, so she's gone back. So I'm with the kids all day, and I'm just going yak 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 in Irish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so. I, the words may not come as fluently as they should, you know. So, so far, I understand every word you're saying. So thank, that's you, thank you. Thank you. 
Well, I won't switch. I won't switch for you. <laughs> well, um, uh, these these are great stories. So, uh, I I know that in 2019, uh, you this was 2019 was your first gig with uh, Champions League, right? My first what? Your first gig of oh, uh, 2009. 2009. Yo, not 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2009. This is this is 2009. Yeah, I know. 10 years, 10 years back. Yeah. So 10 years, but yeah. But yeah. but yeah. you were already a TV personality. So you, you, you were very familiar and comfortable being in front of TV and, and doing all kinds of events. So in that sense, was not a problem. But I, I know you said that uh, uh, you never did sports commentating, which obviously is a very different story when you do uh, live presentations. So um, did you think when you took this job, you're going to mess it all up? Or that was, not out of, uh, 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 that was out of the question? You knew that you're going to nail it from the beginning? Yeah, well, I, I didn't, like I said, this, this is going to sound, I, I don't want this to sound big-headed, right? But let's be honest, most <laughs> of the commentators, most of the commentators I'd ever heard, even if I can't understand uh, Serbo-Croat or German or Swedish or even French, yeah. most of the guys that I'd heard just sounded like they were reading a book on the toilet. Seriously, that's what it sounded like to me. I, I, yeah. Look, I, this is how I know commentating in, in handball. And number nine has a ball, and number nine passes to the left back, left back right. to the wing. Right. Okay, ball moves back around. So it's like, dude, better don't say anything. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 you know, because I would always ask people I knew who'd been abroad, oh, will you get me a videotape? That'll tell you how old I am. <laughs> videotape. Do kids even know what a videotape is anymore? I'm sure they do. A VHS, right? Get me a VHS copy. So I remember sort of in, say, 2006, watching an Olympic Games from 1998, you know, just to kind of, yeah, get something. So, and, and the other thing about it was, you know, I mean, in when I, just before I started this, I was still doing it at the time when this started. I had my own radio show and I'd never done radio before. And I'd, I'd been doing my own radio show for four years. And, you know, I started TV when I was 29 and I'd never done TV. And I had been, uh, uh, say, let's say a professional singer. I'd sung with some big bands over here in Ireland and, mm. and stuff like that. And I had never done that. So my feeling was that, you know, once you get the first one out of the way, yes, you know, it's you're pretty much ready to go. Um, and my first, like, I, I know I've told these stories before, but the first thing was I didn't know who anybody was, and I learned all the numbers and all the names. And all I wanted to do was not F up the name of Karabatic because I knew who he was, but I didn't know what he looked like. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I was just praying that the number he had was his number. That's yeah, it, so, yeah. Right. And then of course, all the other guys that now I realize were absolutely huge handball stars, but I hadn't, I didn't know who they were. You know, I didn't know anything about them. We're not talking about, we're not talking about the internet for handball being the way it is today. You know, you couldn't type in Uros Zorman and find, exactly. you know, uh, you know, so, I was just delighted that I knew what his name was. I was just delighted. <laughs> like I remember Chema's was Chema Rodriguez. Oh yes, of course. But but he wore Chema on the back of his jersey. And I remember thinking, okay, I better better just call him Chema because maybe Rodriguez is not his name. You know, so I called, you know, and you figure that out as you're going on the fly. Yeah. And the one thing that I wanted to do was because I 
I always remember when the guy first phoned me and said, you know, how would you do it differently? And I said, look, this is one of the fastest games you will ever watch if you're there alive. Yeah. And I want to transmit that speed home because these guys commentating make it sound like nothing's going on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. these guys are up <laughs> like this. And I said, the only way I can do that in my own head, how do you show how fast the ball is moving? And I said, if you say the names. So a bit like a radio commentator would do for football or, or soccer or whatever, you know, you just hear the name, he's on the this side. Of, and I said, I don't care if everybody can see it. I just want to transmit the energy and the speed. And that's what I did. And then I didn't, I didn't, and even though I understood what was going on, basically, I mean, these guys are playing at a different level, but I understood, I, I mean, uh, and then I had to come up with like a whole load of um, terminology that would explain to people what was going on. But that kind of built itself in as it, as it went along. So I had some of the terms, you know, that I picked up along the way, and then you invent more terms, and then you go on like that. I don't want to sound like I invented everything, but that, that was my process, you know? And I had nobody really to... Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really... I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to be better than anybody else, or I wasn't trying to measure myself against anybody else, and I didn't want to pick up things that other people said... I wanted to be original. That was it. And, and, and you know, Benny, when you decide to do something, or when I decide to do something, I give it absolutely yeah. 100%. I, I, I'm not able to just say, I'll take the money and I'll just, because I know who everybody is now, I'll just go. So even to this day, well, not to this day, but the last game I did, which was, uh, was it Paris? No, it wasn't Paris. Jeez, oh, I can't even remember where it was. It was, uh, maybe it was Paris-Barcelona. Yeah, that was the last game I did, Paris-Barcelona, I think. I watched something like six of each of their games, you know, more than once in preparation to the game. Because I can't, even though I know who all these guys are and I could walk in and just do it, I, I, have, to, I have to feel my own self that I'm ready to go. And so I was exactly the same then and nothing has changed now. You know, you've got to be, yeah. Well, well, obviously it shows, and and again, uh, like you said, it's you're you're leaving an impact. You made an impact, and I think it's uh, uh, it's it's not the same watching any Champions League games without hearing your voice. I mean, that's what I can tell you from my perspective. And you know, I used to be super happy when I used to watch them all of the games live. We cannot do that anymore for 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 obviously media broadcasting reasons, but I used to, I couldn't wait to get on those games to watch them live. So, you know, you keep doing exactly what you're doing. Don't change anything. Like, you, you got to well, 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 you know, you know, this, this could be my last season what? doing it. Yeah, of course, because everything changes next year, you know. What? Because they have the new sponsor. No. Uh, do they have a new sponsor? Nobody tells me these things. Is um, it like Della, Dello... Champions. Oh, that's the is that the women's Champions League? I don't know. Um, the women's Champions League is sponsored by them. The final four, isn't it, Dello? Anyway, I don't. I don't. I that's above my pay grade. Basically, yeah. next season becomes the new the new format of the Champions League, right? Yeah, but that, that doesn't matter. In, in when it comes no. to, to the voice and, and face, the format. Okay, yeah. yeah, I know. But the second part of that is that all the games go to midweek, right? Which you can which you can shuffle around. That's not a, that's not a big issue. You can shuffle things around, Ooh. but it's no longer the it's no longer the European Handball Federation. So the European Handball Federation were the guys who hired me, and I work ostensibly. I work for them. I mean, they pay me. 
So I work for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But now they've sold the rights to all the games to a new media company whose name escapes me. And so they're taking over. Now, a, is that the German uh, um, media company? I think I, I read about it. No, 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 no. It could be. Okay. I, I, I really don't. I really don't know, and I don't want to. I don't want to say okay. a name, and it's wrong. And I'm terrible with names. Believe it or not, I'm terrible with names. Really shocking. I have one of those short-term goldfish memory bulls. You know, I can remember. I can remember the way things happened in a game, and I can remember sometimes. I can. I could tell you what the guy looked like, but I won't always be able to remember his name. There you go. That's that's my memory. Anyway, so they take over and they take over everything. Hmm. You understand? They take over match of the week and all that, and they like nobody's called me. So that's very strange. I didn't know this. Uh, I don't. Don't know. worry. Hey, 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 hey. I'm just saying. I'm just letting you know so that you're 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 prepared when you don't hear me anymore. You know. Or if you don't hear me anymore, not, But, um, not, not a good idea for them, for sure. Ah, And it's not just me. Life, life, life goes on, Benny. That's I, the I way, know that. and, I know and that. it's constantly changing. So I, I don't mind about things like that. I don't mind about things like that yeah. because that's just. Uh, and then, and then you you go for the next the next great adventure. You know, uh, coaching um, coaching team USA for the Olympic Games in. <laughs> when were, when will those Olympic Games be on? It'll be three years after the other Olympic Games, right? Because they have to change. They have to change all. No, the I don't think. I, what it'll be. I, don't, I don't think they will change the the. No, they'll they'll keep the year, but I'm just saying it'll be. Oh yeah. Be in yeah. seven years' time, or after the yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, that you know, that's that's a news that I I didn't expect to hear. Well, there you go. It's an exclusive. I mean, listen, I really, I really don't, I really don't know, and I and I and I'm not and I'm not plugging. I'm not plugging to get a job. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just, no. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. But listen, if someone had told me that I would have played handball for, so I started at uh, 18 or 19, and yeah. I played till I was 37. If they told me I played for 19 years, I wouldn't believe them. If they told me I'd uh, travel all over Europe playing international handball and club handball, so I wouldn't have believed them. If they told me I'd make, I'd make friends. If they told me that I'd end up coaching the team, if they told me I'd end up commentating. So, like when I think about it. Like the last nearly 40 years of my life have been have been humble, and if you'd have told me that from one eight millimeter reel on a on a in a in a lecture theater in my college, there's no way I would have believed you. So, you know, I I wouldn't I I wouldn't complain, and and uh, I'd miss it. But I think that I'd be the type of guy that every so often would ring one of the clubs and say, "Listen, I, I really just want to see a game. Can I fly in and uh, see if I still knew people? You know, I'd go to maybe once a year just go to a game. You know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but of course. But let's not forget that you invented the Irish handball. I did, I did, and no one gives me credit. No. <laughs> you gotta bring that up more often. So, uh, do you follow what happens uh, with handball in the United States at all? I mean, I. I uh, you did a you did one of your straight handball talks with John Ryan, right? Yes. So I, I mean I know John for uh, for many years in in the sense that I followed what was what was what was going on, and I think you guys have some some similar problems to what we have, except you've got this gigantic kind of spacing yeah. between where your teams are, and of course you have those traditional sports that are really hard to break out of. You've got your Your baseball, your basketball, yeah. and your your NFL, right? Yeah. And um, 
And then, of course, soccer is our soccer. Is, we call it soccer as well, by the way, because we our football is Irish football. But, you know, you have this situation where it's just such a huge sport all over the world that it was bound to break into America eventually. I mean, it maybe someday will be bigger than those other sports. I doubt it, but it may be. And then you've got handball. And what are you... But like, it's dedicated people who are dedicating their time and energy to do it. The Super Globe was a, was a big thing. So I did follow you guys there. And actually, I was quite surprised. I was, uh, I was uh, quite surprised at the level. I mean, it's not, it's not the level, yeah. but it's a, a really good level. <laughs> I mean, for a bunch of guys playing on their own in Manhattan or wherever you're based, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just doing your thing. That's a, that's a seriously good level you've achieved for rarely getting that opportunity to play against those that are top level teams. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I, I really appreciate that, uh, Tom. And, and honestly, to tell you the truth, and I didn't know this, at the end of the tournament uh, in Superglobe, IHF sent us all the statistics. And one of the statistics was the age average. Our team had an age average of 357 and the closest team to us that was the oldest one was 27.5. So in my, yeah, and in my head, I was uh, thinking, look, we are old men. I mean, I was 43 when I played there last year, 42. And I was thinking about it, like, we did this just because we are so hungry to show that we can play the game. Obviously, uh, it showed that, that lack of, of technical preparation. And of course, the physical part was the, the worst part because, you know, those guys keep running nonstop and they, they never forgive you if you drop a ball. I mean, like here, we can make mistakes and we can always come back uh, in the United States. But there, every little mistake, it costs us not just getting tired, but also going down by five goals in a less than two minutes. So I, I think the part where... We knew we could compete with these guys, but two of the most important things that they have, which is they don't make mistakes very often, and two, physically, they are superior to us. And unless that happens with us here in U.S., where we have young, uh, uh, technically perfect people, it's so difficult to play, so challenging to play against those teams. Yeah, but, you know, I always, I always say to myself, you know, we, when we used to, because we were in a similar position, you know, we were maybe less physically prepared than you guys would be. I mean, you can see that you guys physically weren't, weren't in bad shape, you know, you can see it. Um, that was one of the things I, I wanted to really uh, approach as the, as the coach. But you're, you're taking a guy from zero level, in other words, a beached whale, <laughs> to try and get him to, uh, uh, you know, so he's going to get so far with good training. But then if he's not that super athlete, you know, that guy that's just, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's oven ready, you know, then, it, then it's going to be difficult. But I always said, you know, you can enjoy sports playing at a, a level that you can compete with. Yeah. And you sometimes enjoy it more than you do playing against the guys that, as you say, punish you for every mistake. I mean, what's the idea of sports in the end? It's to be—it's actually to be enjoyed by the participants, you know? And sometimes we have this idea, you know, that you have to be like Sweden or Croatia or somewhere like that. And then I say to myself, everybody in Sweden, I played with Swedish guys and I wiped the floor with them. Everybody in Sweden is not a God-given handball talent, you know? So, right, yeah. So, um, so the, the, the idea for me... I started to kind of uh, change my, my attitude a little bit with the Irish national team. And so what we did was when we first started, not to bore you, we were getting the floor wiped by the, the 11th division guys who 
were in the pub for two hours before the game, came and played us, beat the shit out of us and went back to the pub. <laughs> Within three years, we were playing uh, fourth and fifth division teams. And we were beating the fifth division guys and giving the fourth division guys a really good game. Yeah. Now, if we played a third division game, it was like you guys. Yeah. They punish yeah. you for every mistake. Mm-hmm. And then you say, imagine two more up. <laughs> but, you know, what's the point? Yeah, All you're exactly. going to do is hurt yourself. So that's what we started to do. And we said, look, let's get ourselves to a level where we can play. And we, we know we're improving. The kids watching are watching us. They're going to be better than us. And, yeah. and it happens that way. But, you know, in the United States, I'm not saying you're fighting a losing battle because I, I'm, I'm positive. But you're always like the salmon swimming against the stream, except that bastard, excuse my language, can jump. <laughs> can jump the waterfall and keep going to lay his eggs, you know? And it's, it's like you guys said, eventually you're five goals down and you're going, where do you go? So you, I always say to myself, now I know you've got a big sponsor there. Did you sign, did some big deal, some telecom giant or something, give money or something yeah. to the team, so national that, team? Yeah, that's a sponsorship with a national governing body. Uh, uh, Verizon has uh, signed up for, I believe, initial two years. Uh, I don't think it's a huge amount. It's $175,000 for two years. Um, it's a name. But the thing is, exactly. does, it, does it filter down? You know, that's the, that's, the, that's the thing. You know, it's all very well and good. But having said that, having said that, what to keep a sport like you guys have done? Because I think you guys used to organize the All-Star Game as well, right? Did yeah, we for five years did? in a row. Big Apple was a huge... That's huge. right. And that's why I think you know Luba from, because he was the guy, wasn't he? He was yeah, the he guy. Yeah, he was a guy. Him, Carl, myself, uh, Chris, Christopher Montz, who is uh, with Ryan. Oh, yeah, over in Ryan yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's the time when I wanted to bring you here. Like, I really wanted to, when, when after the fifth uh, uh, competition. Yeah. And I was, really wanted to go. I kept, I was on a flight home from, uh, oh, I don't know where we were. Myself and Luba ended up sitting together, and I bored the arse off him for like two hours on the plane. And, and every five minutes, I kept saying, hey, you bring me, bring me to New York. I'll be the coach of the team. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I, I really wanted to because it, it was wonderful. Honestly, I have to say, you know, we started from a tiny gym with this because a, a guy calls me from Germany. His name is Carl, right? And he says like, hey, I have um, I have few handball players that would like to come and play handball and they want to spend New Year's Eve in New York City. Would you like to play with us? I said, I thought it was a joke. So I said, okay, who, who is with you? He's like, well, I have, I have Pascal Hans, I have Lyubov Ranes, I have Magnus Vistander. I, I, he threw all the big names. I'm like, are you joking me? I said, absolutely. I'm going to arrange the, uh, uh, the, the gym. I'm going to arrange with my team. I'm going to arrange for a place to celebrate New Year's Eve in Times Square. And it just started like that. And then a year, every year, we built it better. We had it on Eurosport, two years in a row. Well, one year in Eurosport, uh, there were over a million people watched the game in Europe. Uh, wow. And then we, we did another one with uh, Sport 1 in Germany. I mean, it was just building up so nicely. It was, it was really a good tournament to, to start making people talk about handball uh, in U.S. Right. Unfortunately, uh, because a big part of finances and resources uh, was coming from Andreas Rudolph, uh, the president of Hamburg at okay. the time. All right. And we all know what happened there. Exactly. So, and then, you know, I think he, he after we, we did our fifth championship and they won the title and 
sort of from that point on, everything started kind of fading away and we just couldn't afford it ourselves to do it. Of course. Yeah. So it was, it was tough. I mean, we really, he was a great support. But uh, what have, look what you've achieved. Look what you've achieved. I mean, I know you'd love to be, well, you're 43 now, so not for you. <laughs> look for your club, right? I mean, I'm just saying, we still think it's up there, right? It's, it's in the head, it's just not in the legs. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just think what you've achieved, right? I mean, that, that, that's, that's absolutely incredible. And to think you've achieved it in a country where money is king, yes. you know? And if you don't have the books, you, you're, you're, you're nowhere. And you've done it, and, and you've kept it going. And I watched a little bit of your straight talk with, um, now you have to remind me, was he an Egyptian, an Egyptian guy playing with you with Team USA? Was he? Oh, Saeed, Saeed Shalabi. Is he playing with you or is he just playing with USA? Yeah, no, he played with us. He was our uh, right, member okay. of the club for many, many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, by the way, just because, now this, this is where I think my computer's listening to me. <laughs> I was, yeah, I... Because you had approached me and said, Tom, look, will you, will you, will you, will you do this? And I said, of course, of course, I will. And, you know, any, anything to talk to somebody else. <laughs> Not my kid. No, I'm kidding. Um, and, and some guy popped up on my, um, some guy, American guy popped up on my, on my Instagram today. I'd never heard of him playing with uh, Adam Arleon. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Dolan. Yeah, I'm talking to him tomorrow. Drew Donlin. Drew Donald, that's an Irish name. Not the Drew part, the Donald. That's, that's an Irish name. He's got to be Irish somewhere in there. Drew Donald, my yeah. God, he looks like he's straight out of a movie, doesn't he? Jesus. Well, he, he is, I, I mean... Is he an Air Force guy or something, isn't yes, he? he? He has been trained by, by the Air Force. So he's, he's a military guy. He's a super nice guy, uh, very respectful, uh, hardworking. And he's luckily in a program of world top athlete program, which what that means is that military supports top athletes to pursue their uh, sports excellence uh, for a couple of years. So he doesn't oh, okay. have to, to, to serve in military in that part, but he can go pursue those uh, uh, talents and goals for a couple of years before he returns back to duty. So, wow, that's great. And, and that happened with Drew, I think. I'll watch, I'll watch that then because that, that, that intrigued me. I'd never heard of him, you know? Yeah, it's, and again, it's, he's a, a, a nice person. And I think that's that's the most amazing thing about someone to hear that is is doing the right steps to improve. But you never know. Again, he's going to go have to go back to to work, and that is serving his country more so than yeah. playing handball. Yeah. But you know, there's a good thing about connecting to Drew is that, and I don't know if you're aware of this, that IHF has given wild card to United States for 2025 and 2027 World Championships, leading to the LA 28. Okay. Um, I think that is huge. Uh, in many ways, and uh, do you think? Yeah, Jay, Jay, Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler, and all his crew can uh, can start. Uh, yeah, yeah, the most. No, I mean, listen, listen. <clears throat> the IHF aren't idiots, yeah. you know, and they realise that there's a market there that's untapped. Now, you guys tried this before, if I'm not mistaken, because you would have done Atlanta. Uh, was it Atlanta in '96? Yes. It? Yes. You did, and, and you played handball there, right? And they did something yeah. similar, right? They got like 25 guys and trained them up for like six years or whatever like that. And Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, the, I think, first of all, America is renowned for its its sporting prowess and its athletes. There's, there is absolutely, I mean, Jay Cutler is right in a sense that he, you should be able to produce 
a team in just about any sport and win it. That's the truth. A bit like the old Soviet Union. That's but, <laughs> but not what he was saying. You can't just take a guy that's played basketball his whole life and then tomorrow put him against uh, Nikola Karabatic and all these guys and beat the people. No chance. But I remember uh, in, in, your, in your chat, by the way, a lot of people, if you get a chance, don't watch this one. Watch the uh, Luba Vranjas one. I thought that was really, it was really interesting. <laughs> and uh, he sort of said that if it was him, yeah. he would go to wrestling. And he, uh, I was really intrigued. And he said, yeah. I'd watch the way they move. Did you hear what he said that? Yeah, I'd yeah, watch yeah. the way they move and see does their movement, would it work? Could I go? And then... I'd say, take you. Yeah. And he said, don't go for the kids. Yeah. Go for the 18, 19, a bit like me. He'd have gone for me. <laughs> no, he, you know, go for the 18, 19 year old guys because you want them to be men. Exactly. When they go to play these men and you want them to be at peak. And let's be honest, even though you've got a lot of guys in handball now who've got, had long, long careers. If you look at the way Barcelona is playing now, it is no longer a game or it, it's not going to be much longer a game for a guy in his 30s unless he's ser unless he's serious a bit like Pujon Valor Sigurdsson you know what I mean a guy who just never seems to get old and, and just he's like a robot because the game is has sped up so much and just as an aside here um I was talking to Xavi Pasquale before one of the games and he said he said Tom have you ever thought about the game he said that we just play it here these three meters and these three meters and I said to myself there's another 16 meters you can play the game. Yeah. <laughs> he said, that's where I want to play the game now. And if you watch it, that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Barcelona, Barcelona. It's, it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. frightening. It really is. It really is. And they just signed, um, they've just signed uh, Petrus until 2025. I mean, he's, he's astonishing. He's a, I, I, I always thought he was a great player, but he's, he's even better now at Barcelona. And they've signed him for the next. And if you look at the age, uh, if you look at the age um, profile on that team, I know they've given guys a bit of extra time for this last final four. Yeah. But if you look at the age profile at Young, because he realizes you've got four or five years where you can run like that. Yeah. And then you can't do it anymore. You know, you've to, you've to change the way you play. Which may be one of the reasons why Lubo didn't work in down in Vestram because he was trying to get guys to run who hadn't been exactly. running in a long Exactly. No, no I, I, I don't mean that. But running in the way that he had that Flensburg team running wouldn't fit the age profile of the guys he had in Vestram who played a different style of handball and were very good at it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. No, and you know what? The, the funny thing is that they were actually not doing that bad, you know, like while he was there. They just, <laughs> good start. Then there was, of course, you could see the tension uh, uh, that was going on, and then even yeah, it didn't help. It didn't help that they lost the championship either. You know, that no, they didn't. When you when you lose that. But having said that, uh, Seged were a very good team, and uh, yeah. look, you know what? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. You know, and and that's what I said to you. you now, nothing lasts forever. You're not a shoe in for the rest of your life just because you were good at something. You you've got to take the knocks as they come along. And you know that from being involved in handball in New York. You gotta take the shit when it comes, you gotta take the good times, let them roll, and you just keep you keep doing the do, you know, and you yeah. keep going and uh, I mean look at you. I mean you're all over you're all over Twitter, you've got your own brand. I mean, I couldn't get over some of the stuff that you guys uh, got made for the um, for the Super Globe. You had uh, 
your beanie hats and your scarves and your jerseys and selling them here. To, I mean, you know, people forget that like a lot of these, a lot of these big clubs have a guy who's in charge of doing, doing the branding and whatever else like that, you know, maybe not as many people as we think, but the big, big clubs have got a lot of people working for yeah, them. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, the small, the, you know, the guys that are keeping it going at the grassroots, there's one guy sweeping the floor. There's a, the same guys putting up the goals, the same guys buying the balls. There's, you know. Refing. At the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Well, I, I know. I mean, like, and when it, you mentioned branding, you know, that's, that's uh, uh, the easy lucky part for me because that's, that's my real day job. That's what I do for a living. Uh, that's, uh, that's the part that comes easy. The second part combined with the passion of the sport itself is, Again, uh, it's it's not hard to give your time to something that you actually enjoy, and you That's sometimes true. sometimes by doing this, like you, I want to avoid the the real work. It's like you know what, this is keeping me happy, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna actually focus on this one. So, but come here, tell me how are things in New York at the moment? We're 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 hearing a lot, you know. Uh, we're hearing the I, I don't want to get too much into it, but. Yeah. The, the pandemic seems to be the, the curve is flattening, but then you have all these uh, protests at the moment. Is there a real danger that something could uh, go again? So, no, I think from being the epicenter of the world when it comes to uh, COVID-19 uh, and being really smart and, and restrictive and people understanding what we needed to do, we have really flattened the curve. There are zero deaths uh, with COVID. There are very, very few hospital, hospitalizations. There is a only 1% people testing uh, positive uh, while being tested in the day. So we are in a really great position right now. Now, protests, what happened the last two weeks, obviously, when it comes to COVID, nobody knows yet, will that increase the spike? But uh, uh, they really mobilize. There's a lot of tracers and they're really tracking. Uh, uh, they have the mobile stations to, to give people free testing, especially the protesters so they can uh, figure it out. So in general, it's incredibly controlled situation. We finally wow. opened up. Uh, we were going through the first phase, entering the second phase, which means uh, uh, um, churches and synagogues and most can, uh, mosques can open up at 25%. Restaurant can start opening up at 25% slowly. So we are doing good. Uh, I'm happy about that. Protests, obviously, I'm glad they're happening. And you, I know that you follow a bunch of politics from here. We are in a very critical time. And I think uh, this movement has gained uh, a good traction in a way that I believe, since I've been here, I've seen these movements come and go, right? This one feels different. This one feels that there will be some meaningful change. Not the biggest one, but it's going to be meaningful to go to that next step. So uh, it's, it's, it's a good place. It's a good situation we're in right now. I have to say, I was never a fan of that Cuomo guy, but I think he's done. He's done quite well in uh, in this in this. Uh, but the truth is, you're right. Nobody was a fan of him because he was this well, kind of. He's spoken out. He's spoken out. It's good. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, let's not get into politics. Yeah, Although exactly. I, I, I am in, I am intrigued. I was in touch with a guy down in Brazil as well. There was a guy in Brazil from Brazil in touch with me, like DM'd me on one of those <laughs> uh, one of those media platform things. And uh, he was asking me something, you know, and I said, hey, listen, you know, no problem, whatever it was. I can't even remember what I said. How's everything in Brazil? I said, We're, you know, there's a lot of reports coming out that I'm reading. That they, and he goes, oh, my God, it's good to know that somebody outside of here actually knows what's <laughs> going on. You know, it's, it's actually frightening, isn't it? You're, you're, 
you know, but then we've no time. Although I have a lot of time for Sudoku now. I've become an expert at Sudoku. You know, I, um, I, know what a, I know what a skyscraper is. Not a skyscraper in New York. I know what a skyscraper is in, uh, in uh, I know what an X-Wing is, not from Star Wars. But that's it, isn't it? I mean, we've got so much time now on our hands to, um, to focus on, 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 on what's going on everywhere else. But um, So what, yeah, one more, one more thing that on. I yeah, wanted to bring up, and I wanted to bring up the, the uh, USA and, and Ireland as competitors in handball. Uh, last time they met was last year, exactly, I think, last year in the Emerging Nations uh, competition. I bet, you beat, I bet USA beat them by 32 goals. I don't know. No, it was by four or five. You're kidding. Yeah, it was a pretty close game. Nevertheless, I mean, USA finished fifth and, and, and Ireland finished 11th uh, ahead of Malta. But, and, and you know what the biggest surprise was? Great Britain finished fourth. Mm. Can you believe it? Are you not upset? Uh, when, when we used to, when I was coaching them, we used to beat those guys. Yeah, I know that's the point. But, but I'll tell you, no, I'm, no, I, I really don't care anymore because because you know, for me, it's not about for me, it's 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 always the journey, right? And if you have a team that's playing now, I I don't really know what's going on in Irish handball anymore, you know. Okay. I, I, I took a big step back. And I coached a lot of the guys that still play in that team, you know, they were only young guys when they started with me, you know, but if you only have a team that's playing and you don't have st structures in place that they're the role models for the next guys coming in. In other words, you're just looking for the Irish passport from a better league and a better standard player. I agree that you need to do that, but you need you need the under 10s, the under 12s, the under 14s, the under 16 boys and girls, by the yeah. way. Not just boys, boys and girls, and you need them, and you need them all playing a system that suits us. That you don't say we're going to play the German way or we're going to play the Swedish way. It suits us. Yeah. So in other words, yeah. we might take a bit of what they do, a bit of what they do, and a bit of what we do. Yeah. So that we, so we got our own identity. And if you're not doing that, I'm not interested. I don't give a shit if you come. I don't give a shit if you come first in the emerging nations as the best team that Ireland ever put out there, if that's all it's ever going to be. And you're going to say that that's it. What the English are doing, or the, the Britons, I don't know what you call people from Great Britain, the Britons. <laughs> and I'm sure the Scots wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> My Celtic cousins, or Brits. I'm sure there, are, I'm sure there are no, I'm sure there are no Welsh playing handball, but maybe there are now. I apologize if there are any Welsh playing handball in the Great Britain team. I would imagine it's mostly England, with maybe a couple of guys from Scotland, but I would imagine it's mostly England. But a few years ago, I took my club team, I took an under, maybe under 15 or under 16 girls team and an under 16 boys team away to England. And we pasted every team. They, I mean, we pasted them. They, they eventually put all the best girls together on the team from, from the English clubs. And this is my club team. Yeah. And we yeah. and my girls beat them by 30, 40 goals. <laughs> we were so far ahead. But what they were doing was they were they were already uh, bringing together um, their secondary school teachers and getting teachers to sort of say, look, let's make this handball school. And they had that. They they didn't sit on their asses after the Olympics. They they actually went out and actively 
you know, and then they now they're doing these webinars on online that people That's can join right. in for coaching yeah. and all the rest. And they have a couple of guys who really went on to to learn their stuff. You know, um, Kieran Williams is over in uh, over in Norway coaching over there, and he was captain of that Olympics team. And then you, there's other guys. Scott Harrington, is it? Is that the guy? I I I, I just see these names. I yeah, yeah, they yeah. just they're just uh, you see, I'm not good with names. And and they and they're they're involved in coaching and everything else, and and they just seem to set up a good, they seem to set up a good um, system, and the fact of the matter is, you only need about three or four or five hundred kids in an age group for twenty kids to come out of that. Yeah, yeah. That's all you need. You don't need, you don't need. There's a million kids or a million people registered to play handball in Germany. That's great. There aren't a million people in Croatia. <laughs> Look what they're able to achieve, you know. Yeah. So it's not. A, it's about. It's about good structures. And I'm only into, so. In fairness, I couldn't care less uh, if Great Britain lost every single game they ever played in any sport again. England <laughs> as well. I have no time for them whatsoever. None. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't care. I've got some nice. I've got some friends who are English, but <laughs> I can't stand them. I hate them. <laughs> And uh, I don't care if that's out there. I don't care. You heard me. I, I, I have no time for them. I have no time for them in a sporting way, you know. But, you know, I have to say, in fairness, they, um, they you know, they, they, they've done very well. But if you're not first, you're, if you're not first, you're nowhere. You know, that's it. Fourth doesn't even get you a medal, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, I, think, I think that they've, I think they've, done, they've done fantastically well. And, uh, and, and fair play to them because they also – are battling against cricket, rugby, sure, sure, uh, soccer. You know, so they're really they're they're really fighting. You know, there there's one difference that I feel Europeans when it comes to handball or any sports development compared to United States is that there is government money that funds all these programs of youth in Europe. In the United States, there is zero uh, uh, state government money that help support this youth. You either have to, to go through certain foundations, apply certain grants, but there is no money focused on, on development of sports, which it's crazy because you look at all the other countries, they always have that. Every club. Yeah, they're, they're, but you see the United States is spending all that money clearing people from Lafayette Park so that um, I know. Donald, Donald I know. can... <laughs> Let me see if I can recreate it for you here. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. It's a, yeah. It's a per notebook. Perfect hand. It's a notebook. <laughs> um, I know, but don't get too carried away. You know, there, there isn't, sometimes you can do really well and get a lot of money and sometimes, and sometimes you can't. But I have to say, even a little bit helps, right? A little bit helps. Yeah. It does. For, for, for me, honestly, running a club, which I constantly need to, to raise money and, and, you know, talk to my clients to support them in certain ways so they can support the, the not-for-profit. Uh, membership fee is very, very little. It just covers certain expenses. So to me, all I care, if I want to grow more, if I want to have those young kids, I cannot really ask the coaches or people who are volunteers to commit for a year or two years to really do that job for free. Because again, we live in New York City. One, life is expensive. Two, there are many things they can do many, many things. So if somebody wants to commit, I would want you to have at least your time taken care of because you're doing something for the sake of the sport and you can't just do it for free. You can do it for three months because enthusiasm runs out too, right? Mm. Um, but if you yeah, have- Yeah, no. well, how many, how many people have you got in your club? 
Well, we have usually during the year, we have 100 members, around 100 members that are come and go, which, okay. is, which is the most in the entire country as a club. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but that's not enough. And the reason why it's not enough and why I don't promote to have more members because we cannot fit them in, in the two gyms that we practice twice a week, not oh. enough space. Sometimes we have 40 people at the same time in a gym that is smaller than a basketball court. We don't have full handball courts. So it, it becomes, it's fun. It's exciting. It's very different, but yeah. to really do handball related uh, drills and, and games, it's impossible. We never play in a full court unless we play a game away. All right. So, okay. So it's it's. Well, you're 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 speaking my language. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny. I'll tell you a funny story. I was I we have a, a, something in Ireland called summer projects, right? Yeah. Which is where all the kids are off school and there's like a week of activities run by the local parish, you know. So you know the local yeah. town, right? And the, and the kids all join up and they go off here, they go off there, and all the rest of it. Anyway, the Handball Association in Ireland had this Spanish guy who was their handball development officer, yeah. and he was doing this. Uh, he was doing this uh, summer project. So he called me. And he said, "Tom, can you maybe come out and give me a hand?" Right? I said, "Sure." And we went out to this to this. Now I wouldn't even call it a gym. It was like it was like a, it was like a shed, right? So it was about it was about like four meters four meters long, you know, and three meters wide. And the, and there were no goals. And the guy walked in. and He goes, "What am I going to do?" I said, "Tell the kids to take off their jumpers, put them on the floor. Yeah. There's your goals." Yeah. And we ended up playing games with these kids in this little with two jumpers as the goal. And every kid knows that, right? From playing yeah, football, two jumpers as the goal. Yeah. And the guy said, oh my God, you're a genius. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> but he was, he was sweating because he was thinking about Spain. If I walk into the gymnasium, it's 40 by 20. I've got, the, I could split it into three. I've got six sets of goals. I could, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the, the, the then I, now I'm even more impressed with what you do, Billy. No, no, Tom, honestly, that, that's what drives me crazy. We are in the, I love the city. It's the greatest city in the world. And we don't have goals. Same thing. Still don't have goals 2020. Uh, uh, we don't have lines on the court. Like we still do it every day. We have practices. It doesn't feel bad, honestly, because it still makes you feel like you're in the beginning of something. Fine. But I know there are a lot of people that come in. And I remember some good players come in. Like, uh, I'm not coming to practice a lot because we don't have a full court and we don't have the goals. I, I always look at them like, are you kidding me? Like, it's not that the reason why we're doing this to be in a full court. We're doing this because we really love this sport and we're going to keep it alive no matter what. Do you know, you know, one of the things you said at the start there was, was really, really interesting. You said the guys, you make these friendships and they, and they kind of last, right? Our club at its, it was called Lunasa Handball Club. And at its height, we are at its best. We had all the other all the underage uh, groups in boys and girls. We had a women's team, although it was kind of like the older girls and some older women, you know, and all the underage boys. And uh, and we were training. The men's team was training three times a week, and all the underage kids, bar the minis, the minis were training once a week, and all the other teams were training twice a week, right? Yeah. So we had, and we had something like 150, 160 members at our height, right? And it was absolutely fantastic. And some guys would come down. So one, one, one of the nights we trained, we had uh, a full, it was about 38 meters long, but it was 20 meters wide. 
that's for me that's as good as right Perfect. and then the other the other hole was was 20 meters wide so we could train there and it was only maybe about 24 25 but you could that was your attack defense or your individual yeah. kind of skills right and so exactly like you said some guys have come down and they'd go oh where's the uh, where's the you know where's the physiotherapist you know this kind of horseshit <laughs> and i'd go oh the physiotherapist see the door with exit on it He's out there. Good luck. And you always, you always knew the guys that you were going to be friends with forever. But the guys who come in and go, "What do you need me to do? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Yeah. How can I help you? You know, not, not the guy that was saying, "Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do fast breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. No, you can do them, but yeah, do them in the go car. outside. Go in the yeah. street. Yeah. Go out in the rain. Yeah. Well, that's 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 good. We 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 still share the same ways of. The way Hamble became, became. Okay, I'm going to ask you a couple of trivial question, questions because I know it's getting late. Go uh, ahead. No, no, don't mind. I'm worried about your people will will start tuning out after I don't know how long this has gone on for. You know, it doesn't matter. People listen to it. They 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 enjoy this conversation. I've been getting a lot of great uh, feedback, obviously, because initially really? it was it was supposed to be only one time because I had time. I was like, you know what? Let me do this because. You know, I, I was remembering, but now I keep getting all this feedback and, and uh, reviews and, and people want me to do more. And I'm like, okay, well, great. I'll just keep doing it until we get out of this COVID crisis. But again, uh, this straight handball talk, I have a feeling it's going to be straight handball talk with Tom pretty soon. I just know it. I really know it. That's what, that's that's what, that's what and see. People may not remember me after all this is over. You know? <laughs> it will be. Okay, okay go so. ahead. Ask your questions. Okay. Your your favorite player of all time. Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. And you I know why I don't. Do you know why I never answer that question? <laughs> I never answer that question because I always think I'm going to piss off about 120 other guys. I'll tell you what. If I could have had one guy on my team, uh, that's a better question. So not my favorite handball. If I could have one guy on my team. Okay, that's who, a good rephrased question of saying who's the, your favorite player of all time. Okay, I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say the guy I admire the most. It, it's it's only because of one thing. In 2012, Kiel won the the final four, right? Yeah. And there was a Czech guy. I think he might be involved in the coaching of the team. His name is Kubish. Was hadn't played a minute the whole season. Yeah. And there was some injury or something, and he came in and he won. He was defense specialist, Kubish, huh. and he won the game. And I said to myself, he's a guy I would want in my team. Because okay. he, okay. he sat there the whole year, never got a minute, and when the time came, he was ready to rock and roll. No bullshit. Right. Kubish, can't remember his first name. It'll okay. come to me, but it'll come to me as soon as this Zoom calls over. <laughs> but you know, I have a there's a lot of good guys. There's a lot of really, really good guys in um, in handball. It'd be difficult to just pick one. You know what? I know. I know it's and I I keep always reminding myself that this is a question you don't ask people like you or you don't ask uh, guys like uh, you ball because obviously you have seen and you know quality of players. But uh, I get it. And it's not about the best player, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you one guy who used to always piss me off, right? Watching Ooh. him play. And I absolutely love him as a person, but I would watch him play and I would think, man, that guy, we have a word in Ireland, a sham, right? Sham? I'd say a sham, S-H-A-M, okay. a sham. In other words, he's you know, he's not all that, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah. not unfortunately, he is all that, Peter Nanadic. 
Oh. When I watch him play, I say, oh, my God, I would hate to be his teammate because I don't know what he's going to do, right? <laughs> but, he's, but he, when you watch him up close, Jesus, he's brilliant. Or Duvniak in his, re- yeah. although the last Euros was good. Yeah. But, you know, lots of guys, Victor Tomas, Gudjon Valor, they're all, yeah. you know, Gurbindo, he was a guy that I would have on my team every time. He was brilliant. Underappreciated, in my opinion, Eduard, uh, is it Eduardo. Jeez, he's going to kill me. Gurbindo, brilliant. Anyway, carry on. Well, it's funny you mentioned Petar Nenadic because he's... A oh, did I say his name wrong, baby? Sorry. <laughs> Nenadic. Sorry about that. That's one, one thing I have advantage over you because I could not butcher the Balkan names. That's oh, sure. my God. I'll give you a great story, right? Okay. Uh, Metallurg back in the day, and we were all we were all staying in the same hotel in in Belarus somewhere. Minsk is Minsk in Belarus. It is. Yes. yes. So we're all we're all staying in the same hotel, and they are giving me they are giving me a history lesson <laughs> on how to pronounce their names. Oh my god! Right? Oh yeah, it was brilliant. So we're all sitting there. I won't say what we were doing, but we were all sitting there <laughs> and drinking coffee, of course. Yes. And they're, they're telling me how to pronounce the names. And there was a red-headed guy played right wing called Georgievsky. Georgievsky. That's easy. Red-headed. Yeah. Red, yeah, easy. Yeah. Except when I read it, it's Georgievsky. <laughs> right? And I've been calling him Georgievsky for years. And they all said to him, they all said to me, Tom, 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 you know what that accent is. You know? <laughs> His name is Georgievsky. And I said, hey, if he's got red hair, He's Irish. He's Georgievsky. <laughs> That's it. And they said, and he said, no, Tom, I love when you say, Ge-. he said, he was real shy. That's I love nice. when you say Georgievsky. That's I said, nice. okay, I'm going to keep saying Georgievsky. But That's there you go. Nice. I can't, look, you know, I think you have to, people have to appreciate that I'm not going to get every Swedish, I'm not going to try and sound like a Swede saying a Swedish name. I'm not going to try and sound like a Dane saying, oh, God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> choking on my own spit as yeah. I try to swallow my own tongue. <laughs> so, you know, you've, so you've got to, you've, I read them phonetically. I try to make them sound as, as close as they can be without trying to sound like a complete idiot trying to sound Serbian or Croatian or yeah, yeah, yeah. Bosnian or whatever. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. Okay, so... Uh, um... I feel like we're sitting in the same room, you know, that's, that's bizarre. That's I, love. I love this. I love this Zoomcast, honestly. It just, yeah, yeah, I, nice. I'm getting so used to the whole idea of talking to people this way that I cannot do any more regular phone calls. It just doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. Uh, your favorite arena? Uh, I have a few. Okay. Barcelona, when it's absolutely full in a key in a key game is just the dust supports the team. You know, it's like, it's a no dusty arena. And uh, I remember I used to, I used to date a girl in Barcelona. I used to fly over and back. And I was before I started this and I used to fly over and back. And when she'd go to work, I'd go down to the now camp just to see the Palo Blaugrana. And it was always closed. They would never let me in. And I think to myself, Oh my God, how many, and I don't know how many times I made that, that journey. So I love that. I think <clears throat> Kiel, just because it's 10,000, it's amazing. Vesprem on a good day, mm. on a bad day, you don't want to be there. Uh, the new arena for Vardar is, is, is amazing as well. And Seged, Seged's just, it's not a beautiful arena, but they make 2,500 fans sound like 
25,000. There, uh, that's that's one of the best. So I, I like it there too. But then I was up in uh, I was up in Norway for that big uh, eleven thousand fans or whatever they had twelve thousand fans when they played Paris uh, earlier or in the early start of the season. Yeah. Uh, in um, uh, what's it called? Where they had the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, all those years ago. Uh, Lillehammer. Oh. Lillehammer. Jeez, you can even pronounce Swedish. <laughs> Lillehammer. Lillehammer. That's bad. Anyway, up there, and and that was amazing too. But I would say I would say Kiel and Barcelona for sure are, uh, and and Vestbrem. I used to always be a bit worried going to Vestbrem, but lately I've I I have really started to enjoy going there, and um, yeah, okay. those three for sure, and Seged, yeah. So what, what you you've been to a Zagreb arena? Is that any close to being excited, exciting at all, or no? I was there once when they played Barcelona and it was almost full, but it, it, it seems to be that uh, everything's too far back. It's okay. like okay. They're, they're, it's like you've got a running track nearly around the, around <laughs> the arena. So lovely people now, don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe Zlatko Horvat, I know I said his name wrong, but that's what I call him. Zlatko Horvat is leaving, can't believe it. And I always look forward to seeing him. But you know what? I This is my... Uh, opinion, my speculation that uh, there must be something going on with Vori and him because there is no way Horvat would leave being there for, for from the beginning of his career. Like, and I just the only assumption I have something to do with Vori. That's all I, I remember. I remember one time I walked into the final four and there was all these uh, kind of I will say former Yugoslav kind of players all sitting around this big circle and I went, Boys, how are you? You know. I was, this was maybe six or seven years ago, and it wasn't a sound. And Igor Vori was sitting at the, sit, sitting at like the head of the group, you know? There was about 20 or 30 of them. Yeah. And I said, all right, fuck all of you. <laughs> I walked on, right? And of course, guys were coming over to me after saying, Tom, we're sorry. You know? I said, you and I was, oh, there was F-bombs going everywhere, right? <laughs> And in, in the end, they all said, oh, look, Thomas, I said, look, I don't work that way. You either say hello to me, you yeah, don't say, don't be cool, you know, right? And I said, and Igor Vori sitting there like the godfather at the head of the table thinking he's all that, right? Anyway, I met him and I said to him, and you, big man, now the guy, I mean, <laughs> and I said, and you, and he goes, ah, oh, Tom, come on, give me a hug. Jesus Christ, he picked me up, I swear to God. <laughs> I think he broke, he broke about three of my vertebrae. <laughs> and we've been pals ever since, right? So I won't hear a bad word said about Igor, but look, in in you know the way it is. Yeah. There's always I don't know if that's the story now, because I've never heard that. But speculation. You know, I'm just speculating. Yeah, but you know the way it is. You put you put any amount of people in a room together, they all get on with each other for the sake of the team, but there's yeah. no way they all love each other. No way. No, no, no. Not a chance. Not. Yeah. Not a chance. Uh, anyway, is, just, but just, it's still a it's still a pity. I'll tell you, I I into I did uh, the last game I did there in, in Zagreb. They played against uh, Vardar on Vardar's victory. Um, oh, but the, they were playing they were playing Vardar in the first leg of the last sixteen, and yeah. Vardar killed them, killed them <laughs> in the stadium. I mean, I I couldn't believe it because I thought it'll be a close game. I thought Vardar would win by one or two, yeah. or maybe. Zagreb could have a good game and at the end of the game I always do an interview with the winning team captain or the winning one of the winning players yeah. because I always think 
you got to ask the other guy, how are you feeling? You've just scored the 15 good How, <laughs> how do you did feel? that feel? Yeah, how did that feel? Getting your ass handed to you on a plate. <laughs> anyway, so I did the interview with the guy. And next of all, Zlatko Horvat is standing beside me. Tom, I'm, I'm ready to do an interview. I said, mm. okay. And I thought, what a guy. Yeah. He's just been, they've just been murdered yeah. on the court. And he and he uh, and he he does an interview, not even being asked, just wants to do an interview. And I thought that's the kind of they're the kind of guys that you admire in sport that are not a they don't the camera doesn't frighten them, yeah. and they kind of want to let you know that we're feeling what you're feeling. Do you know what I mean? As a fan, yeah. Yeah. and I, and and he just went. Up, I always liked him, but he went up so high in my estimation after that. So it's a pity he's gone because I think he's been a great player. For yeah, he was. He was a great, great uh, member of of that team. So, anyways, hopefully he's going to be uh, better uh, wherever he's. Well, where did he go in? In I think is he is he did he go to Metalurg? Is it is it Metalurg or Vardar? I think oh. he's going over there somewhere. Yeah, but not, then I saw Shishkarev is going from uh, Vardar to Vesprem. Oh wow. I think I saw that today. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah with Varda. I don't even know why. I don't even know why I'm still keeping up to date with all this shit. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm unemployed. <laughs> I'm sitting in my office. By the way, what do you think of my picture? Here, let me show you this. Oh, this is my favorite. My favorite ever picture from um, from Hamble. Let's see. So a friend of mine. Can you see it? A little glare, uh, but yeah, you? I see. Oh, look at that. So oh. there's Christian O'Sullivan, right? Yeah. So I'm telling him that he's Irish there, <laughs> and I, and because he's. I put a friend of mine, a guy called Strength Spiller. I think you probably are. You probably follow him on Twitter, do you? He's like Strength Spiller. He's on Twitter. Oh yeah, he yeah, does all, he does all, yeah. Yeah, he does all the photography. He goes to all the big events. Sure. Anyway, he took that photograph and uh, he he showed it to me, and I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "That is the best photograph I've ever seen." Now I look shit in it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember I was about I was about like 15 kilos overweight, but it's it's not it's not it's just the picture the the, the framing. It's like you're talking to a guy and it just captures that moment, right? It's a great moment, yeah. I like yeah, that. it's a great moment. And so he sent it to me, and uh, I have it up in my I have it up in my office. Show you another one, right? Just while you're there. So this was my this was my under. 17 Irish boys team and our girls team that went away to Germany. Look how many of them there are there. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it's a great photo, isn't it? I keep that one as well. As a kind of a, as a, a little memento. Well, of, good memories. Of, great of memories. Good, good times, you know, yeah, good times. of good times because uh, I'll tell you this, this, this is not a good time. But anyway, that's, uh, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Ask me some more. So before I'm going to ask you. Time. Who's winning this year's Champions League? Oh, man, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that question. No, but you know what? You know, these are, are predictable no, no, no. questions. Yeah, no, 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 it's a good question. It's just I didn't, I was kind of worried that you might, I was kind of worried that you might say to me, Tom, what do you think of this year's Final Four? And I was going to... All I care is about the winner because... Yeah, I know, yeah. But I was going to be diplomatic and say, well, you know, we all need, we all need a little bit of hope in our lives, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we all we all need some handball in December now that the uh, the All Star Game isn't in uh, New York anymore. They're doing it the exact time that I was doing. I was like, "That's genius! Right. That's a perfect time to do something." I know exactly. Yeah, but it, 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs and buts. But anyway, well, I'm in New York have... City, I'm saying that they should come. Oh, to that'd be city. good, wouldn't it? Yeah, forget Except about you. Don't have a hall. You don't have a you don't have an arena, do you? Yeah, we just have Madison Square Garden. 
That's true. That's yeah. true. I forgot about that place. Yeah, that's. I've, been, <laughs> I've never been inside. I've stood outside. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I um, if <sighs> momentum is everything in handball, right? Yes. It's absolutely everything. And if you asked me what team going in, like I would have said to you that those four teams were almost a shoe in to get to the final four this year. I mean, Vesprim scraped that second position, but they deserved to scrape it. They were getting better and stronger and stronger. Uh, Kiel didn't need to. I mean, they'd already qualified with two games to go, even though they'd had a couple of dodgy results, but they were playing good handball. Yeah. My God, they were playing. And Duvniak was playing. Zara Betts was playing great yeah. handball. So lots of them. And, um, and then if you look at the other side of the draw, Paris, the only team... Uh, that I thought in that group that could beat Paris was Barcelona and Barcelona was playing handball out of this planet and depending on the way the draw would go because we never know I would love to have seen um, Barcelona against Kiel mm. in the final not because it's Barcelona and Kiel but because of the two styles that they were playing I think Vesprem plays a lovely style of handball yeah. but they're not quite where they need to be yet they're not quite playing the, the perfect style but it, but it's beautiful to watch and I would have said that Barcelona would beat them if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot so I would say Barcelona would win it yeah. well I, I yeah it's Super Globe it was Kiel Barcelona in the finals and we Correct. watched the game and obviously uh, Yiha was doing this amazing uh, Kiel was playing so amazing like they went back to the old Kiel really a great handball and I really thought Kiel is going to destroy Barcelona because, you know, it just, they felt they were bigger. They moved perfect. But of course, when you play Barcelona, they, they destroy that mechanism of Kiel at all times. They just don't let them do that, that smooth opening up. They just, they, they're like pests all over the place. Do you place. know why? Do you why? know why? Because, because they don't, because if you're playing, so... If I look at that Kiel team now, I say Yeek has been very clever. He hasn't changed too much. He's kept Alfred's system, right? And uh, in fact, I, I was talking to Alfred Gieslassen uh, a couple of months ago. He was on his way. He phoned me actually because I sent him a text message and said, Alfred, how are things with this whole, because it was quite early in the thing. And he was going to his first German uh, national team training session. And, and I was talking to him and I said, uh, I said, you know, I said, uh, it looks like it could still be you there, you know, but you know, Yik is doing a great job, don't get me wrong. And, and it's difficult to keep everybody happy and he's doing a great job. But the system looks pretty similar. Like you said, it looks like sure. the old, yeah. right? And so they're used to playing against systems of a 6-0 or a, you know, a, a 3-2-1 or a, a 5-1, right? You know, your basic kind yeah. of, and then they go, okay, this works against this, this works against this. If I do this, you're going to do this and then blah, 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 blah. A freaking Barcelona team doesn't do it. They, they, they I couldn't even, there is no name sometimes for the way they, sometimes it looks like a 3-3, three, three, so, and then the 3-3 three, three morphs into like a 3-2-1-1, a one, one, and then it turns into something like on front of your eyes. They, they and you can't, adapt. they're just, they're like the Borg. Yeah. I said that, they adapt. And, and, and suddenly you've no avenue here, yeah. or you've no avenue there. Or suddenly all six of your players are over here and you're going, what the hell just happened? You know, and and they, and they don't, you know, the, what I love about them is, you know, the way when you coach kids, you say, you know, steal the ball, steal the ball, steal yeah, the yeah. ball. You know, it's always about that. It's not about, you learn to grab later, don't you? Yeah. 
they steal the ball, move your feet, steal the ball, block with your body. Yeah. And they do all those things. Yeah. Like, like, you're, like they're playing under 14 handball. And then they fast break like they're playing under 14 oh handball, except they never drop the ball. Right. True. Yeah, I mean... So, so anyway, look, if there's any justice in the world, and that's, that's questionable at the moment, <laughs> Uh, if there's any justice in the world, they they'll do it. Um, the question is, uh, what teams are we going to see? That's the other thing for me because it's going to be who you are playing with now or in December, yeah. not who you are playing with then. And to me, that that look, I want to see the final four. I want to do one last final four. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not arguing the case about whether or not they should do it. I'm not. I don't. That's not not up to me. If the clubs want to do it and the HF want to do it, then that's what has to happen. Yeah. But it's the only thing that that uh, kind of changes it a little bit for me. You know that now suddenly you've got one of the best players on the Paris team playing for the Kiel team, and. You've got guys who would have been there, like Dragon Gaich for Vesprem, who won't be there. Or... That's very strange, for sure. Yeah, it just it's just little, it's little small things, but it's it just it just um, like if it was the Twilight Zone, you'd accept it, you know. No. It, but it, it's kind of like the Twilight Zone, isn't it? A little bit. It, it really is. I, I personally, I'm just thinking from a perspective of let's see if I have my team, and I have my one of my best players all of a sudden has to play for the other team in the finals that I'm going to play against them and he knows everything we do and how we do it. That's first thing. Second part, he was a part of the whole soul of the team and he was just, it just, right. I mean, I know I believe in professionalism on everything, but I just, that breaks apart a lot of things. So. Yeah. The other, the other, the other side of things is, you know, somebody like Victor Tomas or even Raul and Tredios who looked like, were the Olympics supposed to be this year? They were. Jeez, sometimes I don't even know what day it is anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Really, that's true. And and so I think they were supposed to both, well, definitely Victor was going to retire because of the heart complaint at the end of the Final Four in, in well, it would have been last weekend or the weekend before, I can't remember. And I think Raul probably would have played for the Olympic team. I don't know if, if the, the Spanish coach was going to select Victor. Uh, that's up to him. I, might, I would have a different view on that, but... Um, because I think defensively, he's one of the best defensive wingers in the world, Victor Tomas, you know, and uh, I think he compliments very well with the Gomez boy. Um, that's yeah, playing he's in also a great leader. from. Yeah, from absolutely, absolutely. And he's, he's, one of the, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, you know. So. Oh. Anyway, look, that's neither here nor there. But now the question is, Sterbik retired because he said, look, my body just wouldn't be able to get itself back up again to whenever this might start up again and you say, okay, fair enough. So now you've got a guy with a heart complaint and you say, okay, what does he do? Does he play for four months to play in the final four? Does Raul not retire now and go the full year and a half of me, which makes him 40 something. Now, don't get me wrong. If you watched him up at those Euros, he was in fantastic shape. Yeah, yeah, but do you understand my point? It's like, there's a lot of things where you have made plans and those plans have just, they've been shelved. They've gone to the bin. What happens? Let's wait and see. And, and by the way, let's wait and see if it can actually go ahead. I mean, my fingers are crossed. 
And my fingers are crossed that social distancing is over by then. My fingers is crossed that they've come up with a miracle cure or a vaccine or something by then that we can have 20,000 people in the arena. Because I am by, by my nature quite a huggy person, you know? I mean, I'll hug you right now. I'll definitely <laughs> hug you. No, but you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huggy person. And uh, I like to shake hands and I like to say hello to people. Yeah. I like to be in close contact. Not a space invader, you know, but yeah. you know, I like that face to face kind of thing. And if that's not going to be allowed, what am I doing? Am I sitting there at my desk just saying, keep your head down, wear your mask when you're not talking? You know, yeah, no, no, I'm like, you know what? I'm, now. I'm making fun, but do you understand my point? I, I do understand your point. And honestly, uh, I'm, again, I'm being very optimistic because I see what happened in three months. Everything changed in, in everyone's life, everywhere in the world. But I see the progress that has happened in the last two weeks. And I have very high hopes that we're going to be okay by December. Because if we're not okay by December, God forbid, we'll never be okay until that vaccine comes up. Mm. But, but it's, it's the way things are moving, the, the way people are understanding the, the disease a little bit more and understanding that, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, screw it. We're going to have to wear those masks for a while. Uh, but Asian countries have been doing it for the... Um, yeah, forever. and how often, how many times have we laughed at people walking through airports exactly. wearing masks for exactly. 20 years and you're going, exactly. what are you doing, guy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole taboo of wearing a mask in yeah, Europe yeah, is yeah. gone now. You don't say, oh, yeah, they, they look at them, the Japanese tourists. No, they were the smarter ones. So anyways, uh, I just, I'm really hopeful and optimistic that by December. Me too, can... me too. Yeah. So one, one more question. Guinness or any other beer? Well, I'm 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 not really a beer guy anymore. I'm 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 a wine I'm a wine guy, and I'm not even a wine connoisseur actually at the moment. In fact, if it's red and it's wet, it's going down my throat right now. Um, but I have to say, for for anybody who has never tasted a Guinness, yeah, all right, we have a we have a theory that it doesn't travel well. They always say that it's it's. Uh, I'm originally from right where i was born was right beside the guinness brewery right and yeah, they used to say yeah. they used to say that you didn't have to feed kids it's called the liberties is the area right and they used to say you didn't have to feed kids in the liberty because they they got their nourishment from the smell of the hops and the, the barley or whatever else they were because there's when you walk down there at certain times of the day there's a smell that just you just go yeah oh you, you know you know your home right breakfast lunch dinner the whole lot. but if you're if it's a cold, wet winter's day, mm. okay, and you go into a bar somewhere and you're saying to yourself, man, I just can't, I just can't drink a cold beer. It's, it's freezing out. And you really don't want a whiskey. Mm. A pint of Guinness is so creamy mm. and chewy and just, it's great. I, now, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't drunk Guinness in a long time, by the way. But now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> now that the way you're promoting it, I want to go get one right now. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good beer. Now, I wouldn't be drinking a lot of them because the next morning, you really pay for it. Not with a hangover. No, no, I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, Tom, this was so much fun. And, and I'm, I'm truly, truly honored and and i'm so happy that we we had this conversation and it's not the last one and we're gonna really be in touch i i want to 
pick your brain. I want to work together with you in, in this project uh, really a lot. And again, hopefully everything settles down. And I'm sure, I'm sure whoever is taking over a Champions League will have no doubt to keep you because uh, at least everyone in the United States that I know uh, likes to watch the games with you commentating them. Uh, so in that sense, I want to be in touch. I want to work with you in this uh, straight handball talk. And uh, I'm going to take it as far as we can um, to make it a, a part of this entire handball community. Why not? Let's do it. We're going to do it. I promise you. Stay safe. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you. And okay. We'll see you soon. Take care, man. Bye. Bye. -bye.